You've found the Everything Apostolic Podcast. Delight your soul, feed your spirit, and sharpen your mind with anointed teaching and discussion on subjects such as faith healing, miracles, end-time prophecy, holiness, and everything that apostolics love. And now here's your host, pastor, author, blogger, and teacher, Charles Rodas. Welcome to Everything Apostolic. I wanted to make sure that you knew about my book called The Urgent Need of the Hour. The subtitle is Revival Praying. Hi, this is Charles Rodas. If your prayer life needs reviving or you want to learn how to pray intercessory prayer and break through with great answers to prayer, I do encourage you to get this book. Now, I do want to read you a few testimonies. Now, a lady by the name of T. Bright writes, After reading this, I have a better understanding and drive to pray. And Christy W. writes, The chapter Through the Veil will make you put this book down and pray immediately. Great points of help all throughout this book. Brandon C. says, This is an absolutely incredible resource that will light a fire under you. One more. Shelley says, Other than the Bible, of course, this is one of the most important books I've ever read. Such wisdom and knowledge. Now, you can get The Urgent Need of the Hour on Amazon, or you can get it on my website at charlesarotis.com. Well, I hope you take a look at it. God bless. Looks like everybody's afraid of me. Maybe I'll just come back to about the third row, and I'll just get in your face. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. God's good, huh? Thank God for his goodness. We're glad you're here tonight. And uh, hopefully we can uh, be a blessing this evening. The word of the Lord. Uh, there's a uh, study that Pastor Raymond Woodward uh, of Canada did, and um, this is what Pastor directed me to his website to use this as a guide. And so we have a, uh, a handout. Where, where are the handouts? There you go. If you all would grab a, 
Just pass those around. Everybody grab a copy. Now, I'm not going to follow that. That's for you all. You want to you wanna fill in the blank as we go or try to figure it out? That'll be up to you if you'd like to do that. It's just kind of a little help. The scriptures that we'll be using are on that handout. So, um, praise the Lord. We just lift our hands and love the Lord here this evening. Father, we're just so grateful for you. Thank you for what we've already felt in this service. Your presence is so real, so powerful, so tangible, Lord. How we need that healing in our spirit, that healing, oh God, in our minds, Lord, in our life. Oh, we so need you, Lord. Where else could I go? As Peter said, Lord, you're the only one I could go to. You're the only one that has my help. You're the only one, Lord Jesus, oh, that I could have hope in tonight, oh, without fail. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord in Jesus' name. Well, bless all of you here tonight, and um, so hopefully we can do uh, this justice and, um, and uh, do a fair, fair job with this study tonight. You know, um, I've, I've been a student of the subject um, of prayer about all of my life, uh, adult life, and so I still have a lot more to learn, that's for sure. I have a whole lot more to learn, and I was just, t tonight in prayer, I was just saying, Lord, teach me to pray, teach me to pray. You know, the disciples didn't say, Jesus, teach us to sing. They didn't teach us, Lord, how to preach. Uh, he didn't even say, teach us how to win souls. <laughs> he said, Lord, teach us to pray. And all those other things are vital. They're imperative, aren't they? They're important. But he didn't say, uh, they said, teach us to pray. Because if you can know how to pray and make a, a habit of it, and some, someone says, well, you shouldn't use the word habit. Well, a habit isn't necessarily a bad thing unless it's a bad habit. But prayer is a good habit. And I don't mean just to do it out of a form, um, but to make it something that you do all the time. Uh, I think it was Corey Ten Boom. Yeah, anybody ever heard of her? All right. Uh, she said uh, that prayer is either your steering wheel or your spare tire. And for many, it is a spare tire. They just pull it out when they need it. When the emergency happens, they go crying before the Lord, asking for help for their sudden trouble in their life. But you know what? I, that, that's really tough. I, I don't know how anybody even t tries to pray during that time, it would, you know, because there's not a relationship in that. You know, because prayer is about a relationship. And if we're just pulling that tire out of the trunk when a, we have a flat, you know, I, I don't, boy, oh boy, you know, I, I don't remember the last time I had a flat on my car. Uh, my tires get low. I don't, I don't, I got a leaky tire right down the front left. I put air in that thing. But you know, to, to have to change a tire, it's been probably 20 years, probably since I've done, I don't remember it's been so long. But what if that was the only time I prayed? And that's how some people, you know, they pray when they come to church and they have this, oh, they really can get with it at church. But God wants that relationship at home. 
And so we're going to talk about praying the scriptures. And the reason this is so important, and my wife and I, she's done it for years. I've done it for years. And so it's kind of neat that pastor asked me to do this because, you know, it's been, and many of you probably have done it many times. And I don't do it every time I pray. But there's times I go to prayer and I don't know what to say. I don't feel like praying in tongues. I don't feel like worshiping. I, I just don't feel much of anything at all. And so in those times when I don't really feel God, and I'm, where is he at right now? Where is God? If, like my mom used to say when she was alive, she's, my mom was a great prayer warrior, a woman of fasting and prayer and walked with God. But she says, sometimes I'm praying, it feels like my prayers are bouncing off of the ceiling. And you, know, and you might feel that way sometimes. But, you know, that's where you can pull your Bible. You can grab your Bible uh, with me. It's, uh, I usually pray in a semi-dark room. Uh, I, that's just the way I like to do it. Uh, if there's a cobweb, there probably isn't a cobweb in our room. But if there was a cobweb or piece of paper or, or so, I don't want to notice anything. I just kind of want a little dark. I just don't want anything to get on my mind or distract because it's hard enough as it is, isn't it? Because we got life in front of us, on the sides of us, behind us. Life is all around us. And so it's hard enough to focus as it is. And so I don't want to do anything to hinder. But when we grab that Bible, I got my iPad and my Bible in there. And so, of course, it's lit up and I can see if it's totally dark. <laughs> and, um, you know, and, and there's been times that I would just open that Bible up. And sometimes, like I said, I didn't know what to say to God, and I would just sit on the floor in uh, our bedroom, my back up against the bed, and my legs just stretched out, and that iPad sitting there, and I don't know what to say to God. And you could feel like that every day, and this is the fixer right here. This is the fixer. It really is. I, I don't care if you feel like this for a month. Do it every day you have to do. Do it because uh, the scripture, and we're going to talk about Psalms being the main point of this because the Psalms especially is so vital in, in, in because there's so many prayers in the Psalms. And you can take those Psalms and you can pray them to God. Pardon me. There's been times that I, I uh, when I, well, I'll, every time virtually I do this, um, I'm not feeling like I want to pray or not feeling anything at all. But what I'll do, I'll begin to express. I'll read those psalms. I'll, I'll choose a psalm. My flip, it might change my mind and go to another chapter. I'm looking for something that will strike me, something that will match how I'm feeling at that moment. And I don't pray it in my mind. I pray it out loud because there's something about verbalizing the prayer that's going to help your emotions. And you need to give your emotions to God. And the quieter you are, I'm not saying you can't pray quiet. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying you can't pray in your mind. But sometimes you just got to let it out. Don't we let it out in here a lot? We just let it out, don't we? That's good. We need to do that. But it's also good to do that at home whenever you can. You may not do that every day. You may not do that every week. But there's got to be times we do that. And, you know, I don't want the church just to be the time I pray, you know. I don't want to just, oh, Sunday and Thursday, I'm going to pray. 
oh, it's like talking to my wife only on Thursdays and Sundays. What kind of relationship would that be? She's, she's going to say, where are you at? I mean, you're here all the time. Why don't you, why don't you ever say anything to me? Why don't you talk to me? And this is what, like the Lord. He wants that communication. So anyway, all right. Um, and, and this is my statement. There's nothing, in my opinion, there's nothing in your life more important than your prayer life. I don't care what it is. Because if you don't have a prayer life, I'm not saying this is a condemning statement to you, okay? But at the same time, I'm a revivalist. I, I, I'm, I'm always trying to stir somebody. I'm always trying to awaken somebody. I've been in this too long to, to, to just coast. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to motivate and stir somebody with the word and with the spirit, okay? I'm trying to revive somebody. I may not know you need reviving, but I'm going to try to say something tonight to revive you. The word revive means to bring to life that which is dying or has died. Okay, if your spirit has died, if your walk with God has died or is dying, amen, I want to say something tonight. I want to trigger something in you tonight. I want to help you tonight. I want to encourage you, amen, give you a little reviving, as the, the Old Testament prophet said, give us a little reviving, little reviving in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, Lord, give us a little reviving. I think that's how he said it. So uh, prayer... Or I should say the, the Bible, and specifically Psalms, is, a, is essentially a book about communing with God. It starts out that way in Genesis. I mean, when God made man and, and Adam and Eve, what, what was, it was all about them communing with God. He walked with God in the cool of the day. And he talked with God, and God talked with him. So there was an open communication. And I, I have to watch myself in prayer, and I, and I try to be very sensitive to this at home when I'm praying, that I don't want to do all the talking, but I want to listen. I want to listen to see if God would say something to me. Amen. I want to hear him. Praise the Lord. I, I want to have ears to hear and a heart to understand. And it really takes prayer to get there. It, because if I'm just, you know, there's so much that gets our attention throughout the day. Life gets our attention. It don't have to be sin, but life gets your attention. And I have found this, and you may not be able to do this, but if you're not praying really regular like every day or, you know, close to it, I would say, if you can pray in the mornings, I have learned that praying in the mornings, some get up early. I'm not an early morning person. Uh, man, you, you want to get up at 4 o'clock, bless your heart and pray. I, man, I've still got 88 yawns to go. All right. <laughs> yeah, so when I do get up, which I go to work, so before work, I want to pray. Uh, but I, if I can get my prayer in, then I know for the rest of the day I'm feeling good about that. Otherwise, what am I thinking about? I'm thinking, oh, i got to get my prayer in tonight. By the time tonight comes, I'm so wore out and beat. You know, and everything else has got my attention, then the world has captivated my mind. All right, so 
I'm just giving you all that to help you a little bit, okay? So let's go to Acts 13, 22, as you can see on your study. And, and, when he had, and when he had removed Saul, he raised up unto them David to be their king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. God is looking for men and women and young people that will be people after the heart of God. After the heart of God. What is the heart of God? What is his heart beating about right now? What is God thinking about right now? What does God want right now? I want to know that. I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to know. I want to, I want to be like John that leaned upon the breast of Jesus. And he could feel his heart beat, I believe, as he leaned upon Jesus and his other 11 watching. I believe that John could feel his heartbeat. I believe that he could hear his breathing. I, I believe that he could almost hear his thoughts. He was so close to him. Praise God. Acts 13, 22. This version is a mess, I guess. That's what it says here, M-E-S. I don't know what version that is, <laughs> but it must be a mess. All right. <laughs> no. Uh, it's okay to laugh. Uh, I'm a laughing type of guy, so hang around me a little while. You'll find out. <laughs> God, removed, God removed Saul from office and put King David in his place. With the commendation, I've searched the land and found this David, son of Jesse, He's a man whose heart beats to my heart. I like that. God is saying his heart beats to my heart. A man who will do what I tell him. Oh, my. And so how are we going to know the mind of God? How are we going to know if we're not in communication with God? The Bible says in the Old Testament that God reveals his secrets to his servants, the prophets. And he just doesn't go around telling his secrets to anybody. Not necessarily you have to be a prophet to hear from God, but um, they were the main spokesmen of the day, and they had a commitment to, to, to that ministry. But no doubt the prophets of the Old Testament were great, great men of prayer. All right. Um, one thing that many people miss in studying the Bible is that it is fundamentally a prayer book. Somebody say a prayer book. It commands us to pray over 250 times. Wow. Speaks of prayer an additional 280 times. Gives repeated examples of great men and women praying. And even records many of their prayers as in the book of Psalms. The Bible is a record of God's restoring to humanity the relationship that was lost in Eden. When Adam and Eve sinned, they stopped praying. Pray, prayer, your prayer life will help you keep from sinning. Or sin will keep you from praying. It's your choice. If you're, if you're doing both, evidently, you need to hike up your prayer time. Hike up, do something in your prayer life because you can overcome anything. Somebody say anything. And your prayer life is communication with God, and it, it, it's, a, 
what's the word I'm looking for? It's uh, uh, maybe it'll come to me. Well, praise the Lord. So God is has restored man back to himself, and with the spirit of communication, let's say prayer that Adam had and possibly Eve had in the garden, in the cool of the day, as every day they talked and they communed. And so uh, this is what God wants of his people. And at the same time, he knows how hard it is because, again, we have so many distractions. And so I think tonight this little study will help us in those very difficult times when you just don't feel like praying, you don't feel like you don't know what to say, you've got you just can't put your words together. So that's okay because here is the remedy tonight, praying the scriptures. Genesis 4:26 and to Seth to him also there was born a son. And he called his name Enos. Then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. So it sounds like, and I don't know for certain, but it sounds like there may have been a gap of time from Adam and Eve's fall and their stopping uh, of their communication with God. From then until Genesis 4, it says, Then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. Don't let there be too much of a gap in your time with God. Let your prayer time be the most important thing you have. Make it important. You know, when my wife and I, before we met, we talked on the phone a long time, and uh, we uh, finally met, and we finally got married. But, you know, I asked her a lot of questions, and she asked me a lot of questions. You know what I wanted to know about her? One of the first things I asked her, maybe the first thing, tell me about your prayer life. You think I'm going to marry a woman that don't pray? Nah, ain't got time for that. No. I didn't tell her anything about my prayer life. I just want to know about hers. She said, well, I pray at night when I come home from work, and I usually pray about an hour each evening. I said, well, awesome. I do mine in the morning, and that's about what I do in the mornings. And so we would talk at night, and I'd pray my, I'd pray t my time in the morning. And then in the evening, we'd put our cell phones on speakerphone, and we'd pray together on the speakerphone. We hadn't even met, and we did that for a long time. We were praying together before we had met. So talking about building a bond and a relationship with somebody, oh, my, you can... You can do that. Praise the Lord. All right. The origin and root of everything we are doing today began with people calling on God. There's a scripture in the Old Testament. Um, uh, I think it's Jeremiah or Isaiah. It's call unto me, and I will answer thee. And show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. There's a promise in there, but first there is a, say, a command, a suggestion, however you want to term it. Call unto me. Call unto me. 
and I will answer thee. And I'm not just going to answer you, but I'm going to show you great and mighty things that you don't know. I'm going to reveal things to you. Some of you have prayer testimonies, no doubt, that you've had God answer you in such specific, <clears throat> powerful ways. And my wife and I have those testimonies, too. It is quite amazing. We all know we are supposed to pray, but sometimes one of the most frustrating aspects of prayer is not being able to find the right words to express what dwells deep within our heart. The Bible is a textbook on prayer. It teaches us the need to pray, the nature of prayer, and the rewards of prayer. But what seems to have been forgotten is that the words of the Bible can also become the very prayer that we need to pray. Amen? Very powerful. I, I just encourage you to, to practice this. And in a minute, I'm going to give you a demonstration of how I do it. Psalms is probably the best place in the Bible to learn to pray the Scriptures. Praying the Scriptures invites us to pray and then initiates our prayer. So praying the Scripture invites us to prayer, to pray, and then initiates our, our prayer. So there's been so many times I've been, I'll be reading a Psalms because I'm trying to find God. I'm trying to touch God. I'm trying to break through something, and I haven't been able to. So I'm reading the Psalms. I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm reading it. I'm not feeling anything. I'm not feeling God. I, and then maybe I'm searching, and I'll go to another chapter, another chapter, and something will hit me, and I'm praying that out loud. And all of a sudden, what I'm praying has invited me into his throne room, in a sense. Now I have been captured by his presence. I'm feeling the spirit of the passage. I'm feeling the prayer of David or the psalmist. Now I take it as my own because I found what I needed in that moment of trial or tribulation or problem or whatever I'm going through. That psalm that place that I have found now becomes real to me. I make it my own, and I pray it as it is mine for the first time. And this is what you can do. It becomes very, very powerful. Prayer is as natural, should be at least, to a person as crying is to a baby. Selah. Exodus 3, 7, and part of verse 8. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt. He said, I've seen their affliction, and God sees your affliction. And I've heard their cry. Somebody say, he's heard our cry. By reason of their taskmasters, mask, task for I know their sorrows. So somebody said, God knows my sorrow. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out, up out of that land unto a good land and a large unto a land flowing with milk and honey. 
Prayer is not manipulation of God. It is relationship with God. When we're praying and or fasting, we're not doing that to twist God's arm and to giving us what we need or want. It's, it's not forcing God. No, I mean, the purpose of fasting, I'm not going to get into that, but it's different than prayer. It, it's really way different in many ways. But prayer, why, why would somebody want a prayer? Because they feel like they want to be the friend of God. They want to be part of what God does. They want a relationship with God. You know, Abraham Lincoln has always kind of, um, um, just the history of him has somewhat intrigued me throughout my life. And, you know, I've read some on him and um, whatever. But, you know, reading about him and learning about him and understanding him from a book and history, would, it would be so much different than if I was able to meet him and spend time talking to him. We have the God of the Bible. We have the God that we serve in the pages of this holy book. But that God is alive and he's real. He's not dead in a tomb somewhere. He's a present help in the time of trouble. And he wants to meet you where you are every day. You're not always going to feel God when you pray. You're not always going to talk in tongues when you pray. You're not always going to shout or cry when you pray. There's going to be times it feels dry and dead, but that's why you're going to talk. My wife and I have conversations that sometimes are lively, and we're excited about something, but sometimes we're just talking all drab and boring. Oh, what are we going to do tomorrow? I don't know where you want to do. Where you want to go eat? I don't know where you want to go eat. All you married couples, it sounds just like you, don't it? <laughs> yeah. I know, we all say that. But you know, it's, but it's still communication. It's still relationship. And so there's different types of prayer. There's different types of responses. And, and you could change that word with communication. There's just different types of communication, different types of responses. All right, so let's... Uh, Psalms, uh, Psalms 5, verses 1 through 3. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my meditation. Hearken unto the voice of my cry, my King and my God. For unto thee will I pray. My voice shall thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee and will look up. You could take that verse right there, and you could take that and some other verses, and you could pray. That's a good example of a prayer. Why don't we just all do that right now? Let's read that verse, that little section right there. Let's read it together, but let's just kind of just say it like we're praying it. How about it? Let's just do it kind of together. All right, I'll lead. Just do it together. Give us, give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my meditation. Hearken unto the voice of my cry, my King and my God. For unto thee will I pray. My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee and will look up. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Some people can't really pray too well because they have a lot of condemnation. Now, we're not supposed to have condemnation. You know, we know, we know the Scriptures. There's therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. 
who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. You got to throw that in because that's part of it. But, but, but when we're walking after the flesh, then guess what we get? We get condemnation. We get those condemned feelings. And when our hearts are not right and we have those condemned feelings, then we can't have clear communication because our heart condemns us of some things, whatever it might be. Okay? So what I want to say about that is holy living will help your prayer time. And your prayer time will help holy living. They complement one the other. And so you've got to use your prayer time to overcome carnality. Use your prayer time to overcome the world that gets in your head. Because it gets in all of our heads. Right? We can't, we can't let it stay there. Right? Am I doing all right so far? All right, I'm on page two now. Two of two. <laughs> The invitation to pray, the Bible, contains an explanation of how to pray. Listening to someone else pray is not prayer. And you can learn things from listening to somebody. Listen, listening to somebody that is seasoned in prayer really seasoned and know how to pray. You can learn things. I have learned things from people like that. I, 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 uh, I, like to, I like to listen to somebody pray. But that's not me praying. That's just them praying. But I could learn from that. You know, when I was a young man and still today, if I see somebody that, that I can see that is really anointed in the altar, let's say that uh, maybe it's a guest preacher, I, I mean, especially when I was young, you know, I go to these camp meetings and all these places, you know, and I such a desire. Lord, I want to help people receive the Holy Ghost. This was my prayer, you know. I just want to be able to help someone. And so when I saw there was an anointed pastor or a pastor, man, I could just, wow, I know he's got it. And I would just go right there and I would stand and I would just listen. I wouldn't interfere with him. I wouldn't pray with him. I'm just listening because he's got something I want. And same thing about any prayer. They've, they've. They have learned how to touch God. And it's, it, prayer is always a learning process. Like I said a little while ago, I was saying, Lord, teach me to pray. Teach me to pray. I, was, I wasn't saying that so that I can get up here and tell you that. I pray that at home too. Teach me to pray. I, there's a lot more than, uh, uh, there's a lot more I don't know than what I do know about prayer. Let me say that. Does that make sense? Praying the scriptures unlocks intimacy and breaks inertia that we sometimes feel in prayer. You ever get to praying? Let's just say we're at home because it's easier to do that here when you got brothers and sis sisters. They got so much fire that smoke's coming out their ears. you know. But when you're home by yourself, that's the test of your prayer, right? That's the test of your prayer at home. But do you ever get to praying at home and you just feel that fire in a sense? And you feel that stirring and you feel God and you feel like, oh, you feel like you could chase a thousand devils. You know, that's good. That's that inertia. There's, there's an anointing in that. And you can utilize that and learn how to capture that and, and put that to good use in, in, in the spirit and in prayer and in commanding and loosing and binding and so forth. Pretty, pretty cool stuff.
Now, where am I at? That's been always my problem when I teach and preach. I, for, I lose my spot on my notes. <laughs> uh, but that's all right. Here we go. Say back to God what God says to you in his word. There's a psalm. Really, that psalm was maybe David or someone praying. But at the same time, even though that was their prayer, that's still God speaking to you. Use that to speak back to him. If you don't know what to pray, use his prayer. It's the word of God. Why can't we use the word of God? We can use the word of God. It is the sword of the spirit. When you speak the word, when you say the word, when you quote the word, when you pray the word, you are loosing something into the ether, into the atmosphere. There's an invisible force of God that moves and begins to operate and begins to move upon the people that you're praying for. You may never know it. You might know it. You may learn of it. But even if you don't, God is still hearing your prayer, and God's still trying to save that man or that woman that you're praying for. He won't make them be saved. We know that. But I tell you what, every time you pray, I believe that God somehow knocks on their door. If he speaks to their heart or if their neighbor says something about God or somebody at work or they find a piece of paper about God, somehow that's why we got to keep praying. That's why you can't give up. you got to keep on keeping on, right? Praise the Lord. Watch this. I, 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 I was studying these notes uh, last night uh, of uh, Pastor Woodward, and I, I, I said this one to my wife. I, I thought it really stood out. Complexity, complexity wars against prayer. Simplicity allows prayer to flow. And I didn't say it this way, but I, I believe it was last time I, 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 I preached or taught on a Thursday night. I believe it was last time. I was talking about, I was talking, I spent some time on um, the, the noise. I don't know if anybody remembers that. I talked about the noise in our life, that we've got so much noise that hinders us. And I don't mean noise like you could traffic noise or whatever. I'm talking about spiritual noise, so much going around. And that's what I believe he's meaning right here. Complexity wars against prayer. We can become so complex. Our life can become so detailed. We're involved in so many things that that we go to pray, and then we've got all of these things in our head, and we're trying to get through them. And that's why if you can in the mornings to pray when, you're, when you just woke up from a fresh sleep and you don't have all of that in your head just yet and you get the prayer pretty quick and now your, your head is clear, clearer than it will be later on in the day and you can have that confidence throughout the day, yes, I've talked to God today and I feel good about that. You can, amen. That, that's just an opinion, okay? Not saying you have to do that. But it works for most of us, I think. Complexity wars against prayer. Simplicity allows prayer to flow. Simplicity. Praise God. Verbal Bean said in his teachings on prayer, and he was a great, great man of prayer, and he said, uh, God rarely speaks. You're, you're, rarely, you're rarely going to hear. You're, you're rarely going to hear God speak 
in a crowd. He didn't mean a church service. But he's just talking about a crowd of noise and things going. You're rarely going to have hear God to speak in those types of situations because, again, it's the noise. It's the complexity. It's so much going on. But if you want to hear that still, small voice, if you want to hear his voice and feel his impression, it's usually when you're alone um, or could be in a group of others praying like this, whatever, but it's usually not uh, in complex situations. Does that, does that help anything at all? Let, let prayer be an honest expression of your life. You can't fool God. Prayer is not supposed to sound like a slick sales pitch. We're not impressing God. Man, I, just go and confess it, man. Just tell him what it is. You messed up. Say, my Lord, I, God, I can't believe I said that. I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I acted that way. I, I can't believe I was so stupid. You know, that's the kind of stuff I say to God. You know, I just get real. I'm not trying to impress God. I say, God, and, you know, because God knows. You might as well tell him. Because then he knows you're open. You, you know, there's nobody trying to hide it from him. Well, I better not say it because he may not know it. He knows. He, he, he knows. Tell him. That's right. Clear the air with the Lord. Praise God. Praying the scriptures illustrates how to pray and inspires us as we pray. Let's read some scriptures just going down here. Psalms 24.3. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? Psalm 73, 1 and 2. Truly God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. You could pray that. That's right. You could pray that. Psalms 19, 7 through 9. The law of the Lord is perfect. Converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. In Psalms 47, 1. Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God. With the voice of triumph. Anybody ever memorize that little phrase right there, that little scripture? I memorize it a lot. I quote that a lot of times when I'm praying. I'll just be praying by myself. And my wife and I pray the whole lot together. Just most of our marriage, we, we pray together. Um, but I, I quote that a lot. Um, and I encourage myself to, in the word of the Lord, I encourage myself to exalt him, to worship him, and to uh, magnify him. Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. That, in a sense, is a prayer as well. Your praise and your worship is in the realm of prayer. Mm -hmm. Study 2 Timothy 2.1. You know, he talks about four types of prayer. One of those is giving of thanks. He talks about prayers. He talks about intercession. He talks about um, supplications. Then he talks about giving of thanks. You're giving of thanks as a prayer. But instead of you asking, you're giving thanks. How does a person receive the Holy Ghost? By giving thanks before he receives. 
Everything else comes the same way. You could ask, 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 ask a thousand times. But sometimes you just got to stop asking and start giving him thanks. It's scriptural. It's biblical. Start giving him thanks. Can we say amen? The book of Psalms is the thesaurus of prayer. See, Psalms, you, in, in Psalms, you could, you could have different types of prayers. You could, in your own emotions, because we're all human and we all have, we're, all, we're very emotional creatures. God made us that way. He is emotional. He is. We read about God becoming angry. We read about God becoming jealous, and so on and so forth. Not to the point of sin. God cannot sin, okay? But God is an emotional God. And in the Psalms, you can find these emotional prayers because you're going to be going through different types of emotional situations, and you don't know how to pray about it, all right? And you can't touch God that day or that week. All right? You search the scriptures. Maybe a psalm about mourning. You're mourning a loss of some type. There's many psalms like that. Some type of a prayer of a loss or psalms about your enemies. You could pray uh, about and for your enemies through the psalms. Uh, psalms of victories. You could find Many psalms about victories and psalms about worship, of course. Now, you know if you get to Psalms 149 and 150, you better stand up if you know what that is. Because it's time to clap. It's time to dance. It's time to shout. Because that's what 149 and 150 is all about. So, amen. Praise God. So, now, let me give a little real example of a prayer. I have used this psalm at some point um, on a number of occasions, probably. And maybe you have too. It's Psalm 51, 113. So I'm going to pray this with my emotions right now, okay? <clears throat> have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. 
Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you can do just that. That's more of a, like a repentance, a good part of that, a repentance psalm. But it may not be that that you need to do. But that's up to you to choose whatever you need to do on a particular day. But just don't go too long without this great gift and opportunity to pray because God gave this to us. He could have made man and never communicated with Adam. We could have a Bible that shows no communication with God. But boy, do we have a lot of examples in there, don't we? Man, it, it's, it's, it's full of examples of prayer. Praise God. Praying the scriptures gives imagery and intensifies and, 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 and intensifies an intensity to our prayers. Praying the scriptures gives imagery and intensity to our prayers. So maybe even when I was praying that and I was exampling that passage of scripture, you might have been having certain images in your mind about the prayer. You, you might have had something that caused you to think. And that's what the scripture is to do. Because it's the word of God. It's not the word of man. Every almost 900,000 words in the Bible, every one is of God. God's word. Praise God. That's why the Psalms are songs. Did you know that the Psalms, many or most of the Psalms, are actually songs that were sang in, the, in, in those Old Testament Bible times when they were written. And uh, some are even sang today with certain tunes and music. I've heard them and sang them myself in churches. And probably you have as well. Because the overflow of the Word and the Spirit produces singing in the soul. Praise the Lord. A little bit more here. That's why the Psalms, uh, oh, we did that. Ephesians five eighteen through 20. Paul writing to the church in Ephesus. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled, somebody say, be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms, in hymns, in spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Right there it is. He's telling us, even in the New Testament, telling us to do this very thing that we're talking about tonight. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Praying the scriptures brings intercession and immortality to our prayers. Intercession and immortality. Well, I, I think about that Im word immortality in that phrase, and I've all, I have said many times in talking about prayer that you may pass away and you will one day unless the Lord comes 
but those prayers you've prayed will not pass away. I can't find any scripture that says the prayers died when you died. Amen. I think about the prayers my mom prayed for her grandkids and her kids and others. You know what? And my wife's mom that passed over a year ago, um, all the prayers she prayed for her family, I don't believe those prayers are gone and died. I believe those prayers are still circling the earth when God's trying to answer those prayers, moving upon people. I believe that. And that's why we need to pray with immortality. We need to pray with life and belief that God hears and God answers prayers. You've got to believe that God hears you. If you ever doubt, I probably, it's, I can't think of a time right now, but there's probably been at some point in my life where I wondered if God was hearing my prayer. Has anybody ever felt that or questioned that? But think about this. I have... I have uh, said this, if you ever question if God is hearing your prayer, ask yourself, okay, if, if I went out and if I just started, went into a, a rage of cussing and swearing, would God hear me? Yeah. I'm too afraid to do that. So guess what? I know he hears me praying. He's hearing you pray. If he's going to hear the evil... If it came out, he's going to hear the good. He said, well, I'm not worthy. We're never worthy within ourselves. We're only worthy through the blood. That makes us worthy. you got to forget about being worthy in your own self. We're worthy because of the blood. Praise God. How can you put red blood on black sin and it becomes white? That don't even make sense. That, that's not a mixture they use in kindergarten, you know. You can use certain colors, you know, but that don't work. But it does in the spirit. Hallelujah. <laughs> Revelation 5 and 8, And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of saints. He's got your prayers in a bottle. Your prayers, did you know in Eastern custom times, back in Old Testament times and even in Jesus' day, it was common for people to have what was called a tear bottle. A tear bottle. And especially for the women. That was, I think, a more of a woman, womanly thing. And, and they would try to capture their tears. And, and they would try to get the tears in this bottle. And they would collect those tears over their life and as much as they could, I'm sure some evaporated, but they said that they would bury when they when they went to the had the funeral that they would put the tear bottles of that woman or that person in with them to view, and they would be able to say, "Oh, that's how much sadness she's had in your life." Well, there's a there's a tear bottle that God is keeping record of, and it's tears of your prayers, and one day God is going to empty those out with answers to your prayers. Oh, yes, he is. Acts 10 and 4, when he had looked on him, this is about Cornelius, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial before God. Now, 
uh, Cornelius, didn't have the Holy Ghost. He wasn't baptized in Jesus' name, but he was a man of prayer. He was a man of fasting. He was a man of giving, even so much so that he saw an angel. He didn't have the Holy Ghost, but he had all this spiritual experience. And, and, and the angel said, thy prayers and thine alms have come up as a memorial before God. Well, you know, just real quick here, we're, we're, we're just, I'm going to end it with this. But your prayer sometime, which you have to understand, is like a layaway. Now, I, I don't know if stores do layaways like they used to when I was a little younger. I know Walmart and Kmart, those stores, you know, you go over there and put down $5 and you got like $8,000 worth of stuff, right? You know, it's like take them three hours to count it all out, right? Oh, would that lady hurry up? You know, two carts full of stuff and she put down $3. Okay, and she never comes back. <laughs> well, your prayer sometimes is like a layaway plan. Anybody ever do a layaway plan? So I remember back, I, I must have been probably the 80s, maybe late 80s, I don't know, mid-80s. There was this one store I used to go to in the mall to buy my suits. I always see the same guy, always waited on me, kind of a, kind of a smaller guy, had a goatee. He was probably in his 50s, and I was probably in my 20s. And he was really nice, always helped me with my suits and fitted them, you know. And uh, so he had a, there was a layaway plan there. And so I would, I would give him, you know, $15, $20, and two or three weeks later, I would come back, and I would give him some more money. And, you know, maybe another week, I'd come back with another $20 or $30. And by the time I got my suit out, it might be four weeks or six weeks, I done forgot what color it was. I mean, yeah, but I, I was making my payments. And so when I would go and make my last payment, I had all these little things stapled together that he gave me. And I, I owe $14.50. And I, I give him $14.50. It's all I gave him that day. And he gave me a whole suit. I mean, like three pieces, right? Cool, pinstripe, vest, everything for $14.50. I kind of forgot about all those other payments. But see, it was like a layaway. <clears throat> and so you got to keep making those payments in prayer. Don't give up. What if I would have made a payment or two, then I just let that suit go? Like that lady, she put down... She had two carts full of stuff, and she never came back to make any more payments. And Walmart kept her money. you got to keep coming back to prayer and say, God, I'm not giving up. I may not see it this week. I, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm going to keep praying until it happens. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to see it happen. It's going to come to pass. I've come back with another payment, mister. Uh, sir, uh, take my payment here. I'm going to get my suit sooner or later. Hallelujah. Sometimes prayer is immediate, and we get it just like that. But sometimes, and probably more than we like, it's like a layaway. Don't give up and pray the Bible whenever you need to. It's just an extra re resource when you don't have the words to pray or how to pray in that given situation. Praise God. Let's stand. Thank you for being part of Thank you for listening to the Everything Apostolic Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and leave a rating and review for it as it provides tremendous feedback to this ministry. Don't forget, more resources are available at www.charlesarodis.com. There you will find Pastor Rodis's books and also the newsletter and a free gift when you subscribe to the newsletter. Until next time, be blessed.
in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Everything Apostolic Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and leave a rating and review for it as it provides tremendous feedback to this ministry. Don't forget, more resources are available at www.charlesarodis.com. There you will find Pastor Rodis's books and also the newsletter and a free gift when you subscribe to the newsletter. Until next time, be blessed in Jesus' name. You've found the Everything Apostolic Podcast. Delight your soul, feed your spirit, and sharpen your mind with anointed teaching and discussion on subjects such as faith healing, miracles, end-time prophecy, holiness, and everything that apostolics love. And now here's your host, pastor, author, blogger, and teacher, Charles Rodas. tell you about a book I put together a while back. It's called God is One. It's a topical Bible on scriptures that are referencing the Godhead. In this God is One book has hundreds of scriptures on the subject of the Godhead, the oneness of God. Matter of fact, you're not going to find any book or any writing anywhere that has more scriptures on the Godhead than this book right here. Now, it's a, it's a study tool is what it is. It's, it's not my opinion. I didn't write anything in this book. This is Bible verses. But what I did, I separated the verses from Genesis to Revelation. I separated the verses with space where you can use it to make notes. This is a study tool. When you study on the Godhead, and let's say you're looking at 1 Timothy 3.16, you know, God was manifest in the flesh, you know, that verse. Well, then you might have other passages or you might have your own personal notes or feelings or thoughts. You could write them in the paperback. I have, a, there's a Kindle version as well, but you could write them in that, okay? Just just a, a great tool, uh, Godhead tool for your Godhead library studies, okay, that you can use and have your notes in one place always instead of, a notepad here, a notepad there, a word, word document here and there. You can have it all in one place. Uh, Grant F. Uh, made a comment on Amazon about it. He said, great oneness reference tool. This is so wonderfully put together, easy to use and reference. All of the scripture text on the oneness of our God. I love it out. It is space to make notes. This is a great tool, not just for the oneness believer, but if you are a person that is interested in knowing, and he goes on, you know, uh, there's another testimony from Christy R. She says, good reference book for Godhead scriptures. This is a great book to have as a reference for all the Godhead scriptures in one easy to uh, to locate place according to the books of the Bible. And it is. Well, take a look at it on Amazon paperback and uh, Kindle. Blessings to you.